I'd said this, you know, and I, I've said this before, not just a few weeks ago, but, you know, one of the exasperating things of being a pastor is watching people struggle through, through their life. And, you know, and, and then like, like in the middle of the week, somebody calls and say, well, I'm struggling with this. And it's like, but you're not taking advantage of the stuff that's around you. And I don't just mean the sermon, but I mean, yeah, the sermon. We talk about, around here we call it own your growth. You need to own your growth. This hour and 15 minutes is not enough to put your life together. This is just the beginning. This is where it begins. This is awesome. We're all together worshiping God, getting the word thrown at us. But then we got to do something with that word, okay? You've got to. And, you know, and if you don't, then you know, really the ones that are struggling mostly during the week are the ones that they're not owning their growth. It's like they're just waiting for the stuff that we kind of throw. And not just Sundays, but small groups. You got to jump into a small group. You got you know, you to make some connections. And that's the sermon today is we're going to talk about connections, okay? Here, you need help. All of us do throughout our lives, okay? Guys, even you big, you know, you big guys, you know, that you don't need anybody, go ahead and admit it today. You need help, right? Well, God's given it to us, okay? Let me, let me show you this. In, in book of Psalms, two places in the book of Psalms, a place in the book of James, you might recognize a couple of these, it says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. It almost sounds like one psalm there, but it's actually three different places in Scripture, and uh, you, can, you can go there uh, at the Sunday's page. But look what he's saying he does. We, we, we know this, right? That he directs our steps. You know, we know that. He directs our steps, and, and that he shows us paths that, that we need to be taking. He, he, he lays it right out there before us and shows us the paths. And if we want wisdom, he, he gives liberally. He gives us as much as we need, as much as we want. He gives that to us. But we have to then own our growth, okay? He lays out the steps, but we have to put our feet in the middle of them, you know? He, he shows us the path, but we have to walk the path. He gives us the wisdom, but then we have to live and do and decide according to the wisdom. You know, you ever seen somebody that, you know, they got the direction, they got the wisdom, they just don't walk by the wisdom. You know, you've got to own your growth. And so even right here, we see all these things that God gives to us. I'm just throwing a few of them out there for you. But also we see that man, God has given us his word. His word is full of direction, of understanding. But again, we have to own the growth. You, you know, uh, I, my fourth grade uh, elementary school, my fourth grade teacher, Miss Hallman, she used, to, she used to say, she used to like to say, I wish when you got here in the morning, I could just unscrew all of the top, you know, the top off of all of your heads, pour it all in, screw the top back on and send you home because you'd get a lot more of it that way. You know, so it'd just be a lot easier, you know, just get, but just getting the info is not enough. You've got to actually do, you have to own your growth. So you got to take advantage of, of these things that God gives us. He gives us so many things to get through our lives, but you have to start using them. And there's one that I'm not really sure most of us really understand is a gift from God to help us with our life. If we're going to make change happen in our lives in 2017, if we want 2017 to end differently than 2016 did, if we want to make change happen then we have to take advantage of all the stuff that God is giving us. And there's one that I think we forget about, it's connections, that God has put people into our lives that we need to learn from, that we need to glean from, that we need to experience some things from. And, and, and these things are not by accident. God has actually given these people to us. 
So we need to embrace this that God has given us people. And that's an awesome thing that God has given us people. And you know, just, it was just a few weeks ago that I said, I really want God to give me the chance to speak on this. And it's like, man, that week, God just started laying. He said, I've laid it on your heart. That's why you said that in the middle of your sermon. Is that you want it? God said, because I want you to share it. So here we are. This, this message was not in the middle of my January series when, uh, just a month or so, a month and a half ago, but it became part of it just in the last few weeks. And so here today, I got a lot of stuff I want to share with you, okay? So let's jump in here real quick if we can. And, and why is it that God connects us with people? Because discipleship doesn't happen in events. Discipleship happens in relationship. It doesn't happen in an event. You, you can't go you know, to, an, to enough church services or uh, small groups and just sit there without connecting and be discipled. The discipleship will happen in relationship, and that's why God gives you people. Now, we just read, I, I really hope you're, you're reading the Bible Project with us, and if not, today will be a, another one of those good times to start because we're kinda, there, there's another video today that kind of bridges everything and pulls it together, so it's kind of a good, if you want to jump in in the middle, today's a good day, and uh, if you want to catch up, all you got to do is go to the church Facebook page, you can catch up. But we've just been reading, we just finished the book of Genesis, we've just gotten into the book of Exodus, and today will be a good day to start. I really hope you will. If you're, if you're part of the Bible Project with us and, and reading this and watching these awesome videos that explain everything, then, then you know we've just talked about Joseph. Now Joseph, this coat of many colors, Joseph, and, and we've probably got some scriptures of the, up there. Yeah, and, and you can follow the stories if you want to go to the Sundays page, click on it. It'll take you there. Joseph was able to interpret dreams. God had given him this ability. And so he interprets a dream, a dream for uh, Pharaoh's butler, Pharaoh's baker, and then actually for Pharaoh himself. Now, that was pretty cool. And if you had been, uh, you know, the, the butler or the baker or Pharaoh, that would be really cool to have someone like that that could just walk into your life and say, this is what your dream means, and this is what is just about to happen God is sharing with you. Would that not be awesome to have somebody like that? that you know, and that was awesome for them. But we don't have Joseph. Most of us don't have a Joseph in our life, right? You know, we don't have that. But here's the good thing. You might not have that, but realize that only happened once for every one of them. It only happened once for the butler, once for the baker, and once for Pharaoh. It only happened one time. So, but what God has done is he has given you so many, you might not have a Joseph, but you've got so many other people in your life that God has put in your life that you can learn from, glean from, and just soak up stuff from, okay? God has given you it. So let me talk, and we're gonna run through a lot of slides right here real quick, okay? But the first one, I'll lay this one out for you first. The first one I, I, I think of all the time is Moses and Jethro. You know, and, and here, here's the point about this before I even talking about Moses and Jethro, is that you need to give someone permission to tell you you're wrong. You need to. Now, a wise man said, preaching here a little over a year ago, if the people in your life never tell you things you don't want to hear, you need different people in your life. You know, if you don't have anybody in your life that tells you stuff you don't want to hear, you need different people. I agree. I had to run this down. I, I text Jeff this week because I had to run it down. I wanted to quote it just exactly like he said it. If you don't have somebody that every once in a while, if you never hear you're messing up, then you need some different people. In you need somebody like that. You mean, you, you've heard me talk about, you know, my counselor buddy here in town and I'll go meet with him, you know, and, I, and he'll say, hey, we're just a couple of guys hanging out. And I'm like, no, no, no. 
I said, I'm not here to hang out. I want you to tell me how I'm messing up. What am I doing? I'm giving him permission to say, Rick, you're messing up right here. Here's where you're messing up in this relationship. Here's where you're messing up with this decision. Here's where... I, I need, and you need people like that in your life. Moses, and you know who Moses was, one of those? It was his father-in-law. Now that's got to rub you the wrong way, right? When it's your father-in-law. Look, and look what, look what he says. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. I mean, can you imagine? You got to listen to your father-in-law say that. But he was, he was messing up this way, is that Moses was trying to handle too many things, and his father-in-law said, what you're doing is not good. You need to find some people that you can appoint this to and this to and this to, and then you see about the serious things and let them handle the other thing. Exactly, I'm doing that. I'm doing a lot more of that even right now in my own life. And, and, and that's what he's saying. And Moses, listen to him. And here, here's what he's saying. You're going to wear yourself out. Moses, you're not even going to get to the promised land. Moses, you're not going to live these 40 years. You're not going to get through. They didn't know it was going to be 40 then. But you're not going to live during that time long enough to do this if you don't do something differently. And so Moses, listen, and you know what? Moses was able to lead them those 40 years to get them to the promised land because he listened. If he hadn't, he'd have worn himself out, but he listened. Now, the next step of this is that Jethro poured it into Moses. Moses was listening to Jethro, so now Moses could also pour into somebody else. And so, so here's what we have is we have Moses then being called by God to come out of the mountain. We're, we're about to get there. If you're reading with us the Bible project, if you're not jumping here right now, but if you're reading the Bible project, we're just about to get there where God is going to call Moses up to the mountain and he's going to say, look, I want to give you a law. You, you guys need some direction on how to live your lives. So I want to give you the law. And, and, and um, in Exodus chapter, I'm sorry, jump on over to the next, next slide. Exodus 24 verse 13. So Moses and his assistant Joshua set out and Moses climbed to the mountain of God. Moses and Joshua, only two, left all of Israel, and they went to the mountain. And then, and then Moses, he was able to go all the way up the mountain, but Joshua, he didn't go all the way up the mountain, but he got closer to the presence of God than anybody else in Israel besides Moses. And so you need to treasure those relationships, those connections that God has given you that draw you closer to God. And so Joshua got closer to God because of his relationship with Moses. And, and, and maybe now Moses is getting it that, like, okay, Jethro poured into me, so now I need to be poured into somebody else. And he, he was allowing Joshua to follow him toward the presence of God. He got, close, he got closer than the priest. He got closer than the high priest because he followed. You need to try, and listen, we've all got people like that. People in our lives that will lead us closer to God by just, just being around them and hanging around them. Now, normally we'd rather hang out with those who want to just go, you know, have pizza or something, right? But we need to treasure those who challenge us to be closer to God. And, 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 and so this is, what, this is what Joshua was doing. Joshua followed Moses. And here's, here's the really cool thing about the reason to follow Moses. It was because Moses had already been there. You remember, if you're, you're reading the Bible project with us about how God called Moses over to the burning bush and, and as, as he got closer, God said, now you take your shoes off because you're on holy ground now. Moses had already been there. And so now what was Moses? Able, he was able to take somebody else closer to the presence of God because he had been there. That's why you need to treasure those kinds of relationships because those people who draw you closer to God can only do so because they've been there themselves. That's why you need to embrace that. That's a person that is important in my life. And so then Moses was passing that down to Joshua. Next slide. Here's another one. Is remember God gave us parents for a reason. Okay, now listen, I need to remind all of you of that. People my age and older as well. You know, not just people who are still living at home or people who, whose mom, mom and dad are still writing the checks, you know, and paying the bills or whatever. I'm not, not just them. You know, 
All of us need to remember, God gave us parents for a reason. Now, now, now Samson had at least two women seriously in his life. And, and, and when he went to his parents and said, hey, I found a woman, they said, no, 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 listen, Samson, is there not anybody here in Israel that serves God you know, that, that you, could, you, know, you could make a wife out of? And, and Samson wouldn't listen to him. He had two women. He had this woman, he also had Delilah. He had two women that he chased after. Even, even, he, even though his parents were advising him other things, he ignored his parents' advice. And you, you know what happened? I mean, you want to read the stories? You can go there, go to the Sundays page and click on the link. It'll take you there. And, and incidentally, if you just jump in with us, the Bible project, you'll be reading it in, in just a couple of months. But you know what happened? Is he ended up for the rest of his life fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. He lost both of these women. He lost both of these women in his life, but he lost a whole lot more than that. And he ended up fighting and fighting and fighting. And, and even because he kept embracing things outside of Israel, he kept, kept going there for, for companionship and there for friendship. And there. Israel wasn't really sure about where Moses, uh, Samson stood. They weren't able to necessarily just embrace everything he did because of that. If he had just listened to his parents, can I get a parent to say amen right there? If he had just listened to his parents, you know, his parents wanted to. And, and so we need to remember, God gave us parents for a reason. And parents, can I tell you something? You were given to your kids for a reason. S say the tough things that need to be said. You know, tell them they're wrong when you need to tell them that they're wrong. No matter how old your kids get, you are their parents for a reason, even when you get older and older, okay? So let's go to the next slide. And like Samson was fighting alone, stop fighting alone. You know, and that, that's, that's what we mean, you know, we don't need anybody. So we end up fighting alone, right? And then we finally get to the place where we're about to break and, and sometimes we snap, right? We snap on somebody we shouldn't have snapped on, you know, or, or we hurt somebody we shouldn't have. It's not even in the middle of the situation that's got me really all messed up and whatever because we don't, we don't, yeah, we need somebody. Quit fighting alone. Uh, Deborah and Barak, that's, that's the story that's referenced here. And uh, just tell you real quickly, you know, and, I, and I've preached this, that Barak, when Deborah comes to him, she's a prophetess. She's hearing from God. God's telling her, go tell Barak, now's the time to go to battle. I'm going to give him the victory today. And Barak said, I'm not going unless you go, Deborah. Now, I've preached this, and I've heard a lot of other people preach this, that Barak messed up. He should have gone. He should have met a man, and he should have gone and says, okay, I'm going. I don't have to have a woman with me. But not Barak. You know what he, he said? I want I want the prophet with me. She says she's heard God say, we're going to have victory today. I want the prophet to go with me that says they've heard God in case God wants to speak something else down the road. And he says, I'm not going to fight this thing alone. I, and in saying I want the prophet to go with me, he's saying I'm wanting God to go with me. And God goes with you many times through the people that he has put in your life. That's how God is walking with you. That's how God is teaching you. That's how God is directing you. That's how God is giving you the wisdom that you need. So stop fighting alone. Next slide. Uh, remember, you don't know everything. <laughs> I, I, we got at least two people in here that know somebody that needed to hear that, right? Remember that you don't know everything. Come on, just be honest that you needed to hear that. Probably most of us needed to hear that because we all go through times where we think we know everything. Now, this is a story uh, in, in, in Judges uh, chapter 14. I'm sorry, that's, that's the wrong, that's the wrong uh, scripture reference there. Um, but this is a story, the story, I hope, I'm, I'm sure the link is right on the Sunday's page. But this is a story about, about Ruth. And Ruth ends up being a young widow. 
and she doesn't have any kids yet. Uh, and, and now she's moved into Israel. She's followed Naomi back to her home, her home, and she's in Israel. And, and now all of a sudden there is this rich young man that is interested in her. And she, she understands, she recognizes that she's, that he's in. And so now she, she's talking to Naomi. Now, what do I do? Because Ruth doesn't know all the customs and the traditions, you know, you know, imagine someone who grew up in a foreign country and they come here and they want to date and they want to find someone to marry. They might need to know, you know, know little things about customs, right? And so Naomi says, okay, let, let me tell you what to do here. And so she gives advice, wash. Great advice for anybody looking for a, a husband, right? Wash. I mean, we, we got that, we, that one figured out. Wash, put on perfume and get dressed in your best clothes. Okay. Uh, I, I know all that. You know, it'd be easy for Ruth at this point to say, okay, Naomi, I got all that. If that's all you got, okay. I already know that. I already know. I already know. We, we think we already know. We already know. But she continues. She says, when he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go uncover his feet and lie down. Okay, now I'm lost. I, what? What? This is the way you get a man in Israel? You go find out where he's sleeping and you uncover his feet and lay down at his feet and that's how you get a man? Okay, I've heard a lot of people and I've read a lot of commentaries about this is what was going on. This is, what was, this is the tradition. This is why the custom was and all this. And all. Th that doesn't even matter for this sermon because whatever the custom was, Ruth didn't know it, but Naomi did. And here's the thing is if Ruth had said, well, I already know how to get a man, and she'd have just run on in and tried to get the man. She'd have probably messed it up because here's the thing. Ruth did not know what she did not know. See, here's the problem that we have. When we're know-it-alls, then we don't know what we don't know. And so we're the ones who are walking around like fools because everybody else is watching us act like we know everything when we're the ones that really don't. Everybody else knows this. Is, and it's like, I mean, it, it, oh, I, I, just, I just thought of several uh, several several stories to tell, but I'm not going to tell any of them and, and embarrass anyone, no, nobody in this room, but no, I don't want to embarrass anyone, but, but we are the ones that end up like fools. I mean, imagine if she had rushed in and done whatever the tradition was in her home uh, nation or something. She would have been the one looking like a fool, but because she listened to Naomi, guess what? The rich young man made her his wife. And she became the grandmother to King David, which, which was the descendant of all the, line, the lineage of the kings of Israel. And she became the great, 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 great grandmother to Jesus Christ himself. Because, why? Because she listened to someone who, who knew something she didn't know. So let's go to the next slide uh, about that a little bit. Connect with people who know different stuff. Yeah, it's a good thing to know to people that, who know different stuff. Now, now, Samuel, and this is in the book of Samuel, chapter three, Samuel was a little boy who was serving at, at the temple. And, and at night, one night, God started calling out to him, Samuel, Samuel. So he got up and ran to Eli. Eli said, I didn't call you. He thought it was Eli called. I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And this, this happened about three times. And then finally on the fourth time, Samuel realized, now, here's, here's, I mean, Eli realized this is God's voice. Now, here's, here's what's really important is Eli was really messing up in his life. He was the high priest, but he was messing up. He was not holding his sons accountable, and his sons were also ministering at the temple. But he was not holding his, he was not, his sons were messing up. He was telling his son, look, y'all mess up, but he didn't do anything about it. He didn't make them do what was right. He just told them, and that's all he did. He was messing up. He was blowing it big time. But he knew the voice of God. He had heard the voice of God in his life. And 
And Samuel would have been foolish to, and here's what we do, don't we? To judge someone else because they're imperfect and say, they don't have anything to give me. Because look, if you're looking for a perfect, men, a perfect person to mentor you, if you're looking for a perfect person to pray over you, if you're looking for a perfect person to give you any wisdom and direction and guidance, then you ain't got anything except Jesus because he's the only one that ever was perfect. Then all these connections that God wants to give you in your life are no good. And so what we do is we judge people and say, well, I can't learn anything from them. Yes, you can because they know something different that you don't know. Samuel had never heard the voice of God till that night. And he heard it, so I've never heard it audibly like that. So you know what? If I heard it audibly like that, I might need somebody else to tell me, hey, that was the voice of God because I've heard it before. You know, and Samuel and Eli recognized it and he was able, so Eli, even though he was messing up, he knew something that Samuel didn't know. And God made this connection. He put those people together because God wanted to speak to Samuel. And so he needed Eli to tell him that's the voice of God. You, you, need, you need to connect with those people that God has put in your life that know different stuff than you. Because you're never going to learn stuff you don't already know until you meet those people, you know? You, you got to connect with those kinds of people that know different stuff than you know. So let's go on, the next one. Don't be a spiritual know-it-all either. Now, this is the story of David. In two different times in David's life, he almost became a spiritual know-it-all. Well, I, really he was in the first one. And second one too. In the first one, Nathan comes to him and, and, and God has revealed something to Nathan, the prophet. And he comes to King David and he says, hey David, uh, let me tell you a parable. Uh, and it said, there was a man that he did some wrong things and the wrong things and, and, and what do you think about that? And so David in his righteous indignation, he's a spiritual know-it-all, you know. He says, well, let, take him out there and horsewhip. He didn't say horsewhip. But he said, he needs to have this and this and this and this done to him. He needs to be judged. He needs to be penalized. He needs to be punished. And Nathan said, uh, I changed the names and changed the details, but David, you're the man that did wrong in this story. And now David is on his face. Oh my goodness, yes, that was me. Spiritual know-it-all. He became a spiritual know-it-all, and, and he was so spiritual about knowing everything, he didn't realize what God was showing him also. Also, the other story was about Abigail, where David, and I'm trying to hurry here in this story, but this is an awesome, this is one of the awesome stories. If you go to the Sunday's page, click on the link and it'll take you and you read this whole story. And, and this was a situation where David's, David and his men, they were tired. They needed something to eat. He sent, he sent to a rich man that lived close by. They were, they were out. They weren't, near, they weren't anywhere near home. So he sent to a rich man that lived by, close by. And he said, he said hey, my, my men need some food. They need, some, they need something to drink. And, and the man rebuffed him, rebuked him. He sent him away. And so David, again, he gets his righteous indignation stirred up. said, does he know who I am? You never pull that one, do you? Do you ever pull that? Do they know who I am? Do you know who I am? That's what, that's what David said. So he doesn't know who I am. I'll show him who I am. And so he stirs up his men. Come on, we're going to go. We're going we're to kill that man. We're going to wipe his family off the face of the earth. And, and the, man, the rich man's wife hears of it. And she comes to David and she falls down before him and says, Pardon your servant, my Lord. And let me speak to you. David is ready to go in and wipe this whole family off the face of the earth and then be judged by, because of the anger that was in him that caused him to go and kill these innocent people. And, and, and this one little woman, she, she kneels down and says, let me speak. And because David listens, he, he, he was a spiritual know-it-all for a minute, but when he listens, he said, oh goodness, man, what mistake I was about to make. And because he backed away, God rescued him from making a stupid... Do you have anybody like that in your life? 
You have anybody like that in your life that maybe can say, oh, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. How long has it been since somebody told you that? Do you have people that you allow to tell you that kind of thing? Oh, well, well, wait, wait a minute here. Now, before you go off half-cocked in your righteous indignation because of who you are or whatever it is, come on, do you have people like that in your life? You need some people like that in your life. Next slide. Be a parent who makes time to share your God. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, when the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. Be a parent. Okay, this, this is kind of the other side of it, okay? It's not just, you know, being the, being the child. Be a parent who shares your God with your kids. Now, uh, this is the only time we have reference that, that David spoke to Solomon in this way, just exactly like this. I hope it wasn't the only time it happened. It's just the only time recorded. And, and David's about to die. And so he calls, in the next few verses, he starts telling him all the things that God is telling him. He starts instructing him and he starts guiding him and directing him and telling him all of these things. He starts t- pouring all this stuff into Solomon. Be that kind of a, your kids and I, and I hope, you know, I hope I'm catching you early enough because some of you got big kids, some of you have grown kids, but even if they're grown and you've messed up at this point, pick it up now. But right now, wherever you are, don't wait till you're on your deathbed. I hope this wasn't the only time David talked like that to his son Solomon. Don't wait till you're on your deathbed. Share your God with your kids. Do you, do you not realize one of, the, one, of the, one of the horrible things that's happening in our culture today is our kids are growing up. I'm talking about our church kids are growing up without knowing the God of their parents because we're buying into the lie that we're not supposed to make them follow after our own thoughts and ideas and religions and whatever and whatever. We're supposed to give them their space. We hand them a cell phone and we basically tell them whatever you want in the world, here it is, and go to your room and lock the door and do whatever you want to. And we've bought into the lie. I'm telling you, be the parent who will make time to sit down with your kids on a regular basis and make sure you are sharing your God with them. Because if you don't share your God with them, they will not know him. And they can come here, but they will not know him unless you're sharing with them. Yes, let's go ahead and say amen with a hand clap right there. Next slide. Next slide. When an old person talks, listen. Ooh, I got a lot more amens in this service than I did in the first service. When an old person talks, listen. Okay, now back in my day, well, and listen, this is, this is Solomon. Both of these are, are, are related to Solomon and his son. He says, uh, listen, my son, I'm going to say this before I say about back in my day. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. He's talking to his son Rehoboam, who is, about, who is going to be uh, the king. And in uh, 1 Kings chapter 12, King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon. And so he talked to them. Imagine, Solomon was known as the wisest man who ever walked the face of the earth. Imagine having him for a father, pouring that kind of wisdom into you. You know, wouldn't that be awesome? And, and I know some people say that, book, uh, that verse in Proverbs, he, he's, he's, he's kind of like a teacher saying, listen, my son, Okay, that's fine with me. I don't care if that's what he was saying right there. But still, his son was Rehoboam, the wisest man who ever lived. Rehoboam was blessed to have such a wise father pour into him. Amazing, amazing. Wouldn't it have been horrible for him to have not taken that? And he didn't take that advice because he consulted the elders who had served under his father, but he didn't like what they said. And so he went and found those guys he used to eat pizza with and had just hang out, and he listened to them. 
and it cost him. It cost him because he didn't listen to the old person when they talked, or the old people when they talked. Back in my day, the way we say it is, you, you know, it's like, you know, your mom and dad, they struggle. You, you, you go over to their house, you know, and you see that VCR that you gave them, and it's still flashing 12. Now listen, if your, your grandparents or your great-grandparents or whatever, if, if, if they still have the VCR that somebody gave them 25 years ago and it's still flashing 12, you don't listen to them a lot about technology, okay? But they have some other things to share with you. I know we talk about how this world changes so fast, right? It does, it doesn't, it does. But what really changes? Think about what really changes. Technology. And that's about it. Okay, I know. Okay, fashion, yeah. Styles, okay, yeah. But those, nobody has the wisdom in that because that's going to change again in a few more months. So I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about fads. I'm talking about what really changed. Technology. Okay, so, but, and I know you can list a bunch of things, but you know, most of those things are going to fit under technology is what changes. That's what is changing so fast in this world. But here's the point. The way we do things Changes. Post hole digger to an auger, maybe a stick of dynamite. Some of y'all didn't even know what a post hole digger and auger was, right? People used to write on their tablet with an ink pen or a pencil. Today they write on their tablet with a stylus or their finger, right? So technology changes. The way we do things change, but the reason people do the things they do has never changed not in all of history. As we're reading in the book of Genesis, all the way back to the very first book of the Bible, you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing people doing things, messing their life up for the same reason people are doing it today. Greed, pride, anger, hatred, jealousy, the same old things. The reason, yeah, we change the way we do it, but the reason we do it is the same. So here, here's what I'm telling you. Your parents, your grandparents, or your great-grandparents, or whatever, they may not know how to program a 25-year-old VCR, but they know people better than you will ever know people unless you get to their age. Because, listen to this. Because if you, whoever, who's the wise people in your life? Think about it. Who are the wise people in your life? I'm not talking about the people who can... Google something and figure out how to program a smartphone. I don't mean that. Who are the wise people in your life? You will never be as wise as they are if you don't listen to them. Because one of the keys to how they became wise was listening to the wise people in their life. And that's how they became wise. So you can never become as wise as they are unless you learn how to also listen to the wise people in your life. We have to do that. You need to be listening. You need to stop fighting alone. You need to pay attention to the ones who are there. Embrace the ones who bring you closer to God. All of these things. What does it all mean? What does it all mean? God has given you a blessed, blessed gift by the people he has put in your life. And you need to figure out who those God's put in your life and who just kind of squeeze themselves in and just destroying every little thing they can. Yeah, you need to figure that out but you need to embrace the people that God has put into your life for what they can give you. Because this is not a command of God. It's a gift. It's a blessing. These people that God has put into your life. 
Now, you really need to go back home, get on the Sunday's page and go through all this stuff because you're never going to hold it. But there's some things that tweaked you a little bit, didn't it? Just mm, didn't like that a whole lot. And you need to revisit that, okay? So let me ask you to do this. Would you stand and come to the front with me? If you're a first-time attender, we like to close around front with a final song and a final prayer. And if you're comfortable, we would love to have you join us. We'd love to have you join us. We don't do anything weird down here. We just want to close with a final prayer and final song. One last little thought as well. Now, I will tell you this, is that in the middle of the first service today, I decided to break this sermon down into two pieces because there was just so much of it. I kept arguing with myself over the last couple of days, there's no way, no way, no way I'm going to preach all of this in 30 minutes. So I decided in the middle of the first service, I got to break it down in two. So you got part one today. <laughs> we're going to come back to part two next week. And we're going to talk about really marking those people in our life, noting who those people are in our life, okay? So make sure you're here next week, okay? Make sure you're here. If I wanted to be closer to God, I would do, I think, kind of what Joshua was doing. If I wanted to be closer to God, I would connect with someone who was close to God, if I wanted to be close to God, I wouldn't connect with my buddies who just want to go hang out and eat pizza. I mean, you don't have to write them off unless, you know, they're leading you in a bad direction or something. But, I mean, really, if you want to be close to God, then you need to hang out with people who've been there, right? And if I had a need in my life, if I needed prayer, I would want to connect with somebody who's been praying to God already, right? Prayer team, let me ask you. Any of you prayed over this service? Raise your hand. In the prayer team, raise your hand. Oh, wait, there you go. Wait a minute. Yeah, okay, these people have already been praying. If I want prayer, I want somebody that's already been praying. You know, so like this week, if you've got, you know, a doctor's appointment or you've got a meeting with the boss or you've got something like, I, man, I want one of these people. They pray during the week. They don't just pray, you know, during this service. Wow, these people are already praying? Cool. Yeah, that's the people. That's the people they connect. What I'm saying is, listen, you've got to avail yourself of this. That's what I've been preaching about this morning. And let this begin right here, right now. Because when you, you come and pray with these, if you, if you give them your name, they'll, they'll be praying with you this whole week. If you want to, man, if you want to connect with them by text or something and, 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 and have some, they will do that, okay? They want to be part, they don't, they don't want to just say a prayer over you, send you home. But we want to pour into you. This prayer team wants to pour into you. So, uh, a little commercial for the prayer team, but I'm saying a little bit of direction here for you too. Is if you're going to embrace this blessed gift that God has given you of people in your life, let it begin right here, right now, with these people that have been praying over this service, ready, ready and anxious to pray with you. That's what they're called. That's part of their callings, part of who they are. Let it begin right here, right now. So I'm going to pray over you, and I'm going to be praying over you this week. We're going to close in prayer, and Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. And I'm going to be praying over you this week. I'm going to pray this prayer over you right now. I'm going to pray, pray this week. I'm going to pray that you start recognizing and noting, and that's what the sermon next week is going to be about, helping you do this. Those people in your life that you need to put more importance on, that you need to be listening to better. I'm going to be praying that you, happen, that you hear that this week, even again this week. So bow with me if you will and pray.